Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. How can I hear God talk? Uh, this is part two. Part one, go to pastorstudy.org and you can watch all of our TV shows for free and look for how can I hear the voice of God. And, but let's go right back to how can I hear the voice of God. And what I want to do in this half hour is ask specifically, how did people hear from God in the Old Testament days? And how did people hear from God in the New Testament? And how do we hear from Him now? So let's pray. Father, we do pray that you'd open our ears, open my mouth, open our hearts, and, and Lord, would you please speak to us now through the scriptures. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, first, how did God talk to people in the Old Testament? Number one, angels. In Genesis chapter 16, the slave Hagar is running away from home, and an angel pops up and says, Hagar... Go home. A number of places in the Old Testament, an angel shows up. It happens in the New Testament. Um, let's see, uh, Mary, Joseph, Zacharias, Peter, Philip, Cornelius, Paul, in the New Testament, all had angels appear to them. And it's possible you have seen an angel and you just didn't know it. We get this from Hebrews 13. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. I mean, here's a woman who told me she was in a car accident. Out of nowhere, this guy showed up and helped her, and then she turned and looked, and he had vanished. I had a friend who told me she was in an apartment talking with someone, trying to lead this person to the Lord, and this person had all kinds of questions. A knock came on the door, and a man came in and sat on their couch, and pretty much perfectly answered this woman's questions. And then the stranger left, and, and her friend said, Who was that? I don't know. Didn't you know him? No, I don't know who that was. Well, let's go find out who that was. And the person said, No, I wonder if that wasn't an angel. So um, there are angels. God can speak through angels. Second way in the Old Testament God spoke to people, visions. Genesis 15, the Lord said to Abraham in a vision. This happens in the New Testament here. So I think God can give you a vision. But like we always teach on this show, be very careful that you test every vision against the written word of God. And if it contradicts the word of God, it's not a vision from God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 11, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So Satan can give visions too. And listen to this from Colossians 2. Paul writes, Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. In other words, some of these false teachers in the church at Colossae were inventing all these visions, uh, trying to get people and manipulate people. So again, I do believe can God can give you a vision. I think they can be real even today, but be careful, test everything. And listen to this from Galatians chapter 1. 
Paul writes, Even if an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we preach to you, let him be accursed. In other words, if an angel floats in your bedroom tonight and tells you something that's contrary to what Paul preached in the Bible, that's not an angel. That's Satan masquerading as an angel of light. So God can communicate through um, angels, through visions. Third way, dreams. Visions are normally something you see when you're awake, but then there's dreams. For instance, uh, Genesis 28, Jacob has this famous dream of the, of the ladder going up into heaven. In the Old and New Testaments, God speaks to people through dreams. And maybe you have had a dream from God. I believe I have. But again, I've been burnt on this stuff, misinterpreting things. Remember that Satan can give you dreams too, and Satan can be real sneaky. Let me give you an example. I had an older sister, Ruthann. She died years ago. But one night, I had a dream, and this was one of those dreams, I'm not so sure that this didn't really happen, because in the dream I sat up, and when, I, when the dream was over, I was sitting up in bed. Anyway, here's what happened. I sit up in bed, and here's my dead sister, Ruthann, floating outside the window. I said, Ruthann, is Jesus coming soon? Oh, yes, Jesus is coming very soon. And then she started saying weird, unbiblical stuff. And then I came to sitting up, and I thought, that was a $3 bill. That wasn't my sister Ruth Ann. If an angel from heaven should appear to you and contradict Scripture, that ain't an angel from heaven. So um, uh, uh, Satan can give dreams. I still believe God can give dreams, but be careful. Fourth way God spoke in the Old Testament, Urim and Thummim. <laughs> in the Jewish priest's breastplate, the high priest's breastplate, they had what they called the Urim and the Thummim, and we're not exactly sure what it was. We think it was a form of casting lots to discover God's will. And after the days of King David, around 1,000 B.C., you don't see it after that. But... Um, this leads to the next way people hear from God, casting of lots. I'm a little nervous bringing this up because I'm nervous of people flipping a coin to determine God's will. But I will say this, I was a little taken aback by how much the casting of lots is in the Old Testament. For instance, in 1 Chronicles 24, officers were chosen by casting the lots. In uh, Nehemiah 11, the Israelites' homes were determined by casting lots. In 1 Samuel 14, Jonathan's guilt was discovered by casting the lot. The sailors on Jonah's boat discovered that Jonah was the guilty party by casting the lot. And listen to this from Proverbs 16. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. And you remember in the New Testament, when they had to... Uh, Judas had hung himself, so they had to find the 12th disciple, and it came down to Matthias and Justice. And how did they determine which one to choose? They cast the lot. Now, having said that, after Acts chapter 1, you never hear about casting lots in the rest of the New Testament. I'm not saying you never pray and flip a coin, but I'd be extremely careful. Much better to remember the words, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And just read your Bible and follow God and trust him. And I'd be very careful about the lot thing. Um, but I can't say never because it's in the Old Testament and once in the New Testament. 
Another way, a big way, God spoke to people in the Old Testament, prophets. He'd raise up an Isaiah, a Jeremiah, an Ezekiel, a Jonah, and often in the Old Testament, God spoke through prophets. Another way God spoke to people in the Old Testament, listen to this from 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. So God said to Elijah, Go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And then Elijah heard God speaking in the still, small voice. Here's the next way God spoke in the Old Testament, at least this time. A still, small voice. I remember once I was worshiping during the church service. And while I'm worshiping the Lord, this thought came into my head, you hurt her by that joke you told. I didn't know where that came from. <clears throat> but after church, I went to this woman on our staff and said, remember when I made this joke this week? I'm really sorry if that hurt you. I didn't mean to hurt you by it. Please forgive me. Well, boy, had she been hurt by that joke. <laughs> but God revealed to me what I needed to do, not by an audible voice, but just kind of a, an impression. So let's review. How did God speak in the Old Testament days? Through angels, visions, dreams, humum and thumum, casting of lots, prophets, the still small voice. Oh, yeah, one more in the Old Testament that I didn't do. Through miraculous signs. When God wanted to speak to, King, to the Pharaoh in the Old Testament, he spoke through plagues. God can speak through miracles, through plagues. I think herpes, AIDS, God can use those things to talk to people. Back in 2009, the ELCA Lutheran Church was about to discuss whether to ordain practicing homosexuals. Right as the debate began, a tornado came out of nowhere and tore part of the roof of the convention center off in downtown Minneapolis. A lot of people thought that was a big sign from God. They had to disperse, but they then came back together when the weather calmed down. And what they do? By 6.6%, they affirmed homosexual behavior. They didn't get the point of God's sign. God can do miracles through signs. All right, so that's how God communicated in the Old Testament. How did God talk to people in the New Testament? Well, number one, we want to say this. God in the New Testament spoke mainly through Jesus. If you want to know what God did when he became a man and lived on our planet for 33 years, you've got your privilege to have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Eyewitness accounts of what God did in his human body and what he preached and taught while he was on earth. We're so privileged to have this. Read it. <laughs> so if you want to hear what God says through Jesus, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, Act. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The second way God spoke in the, through the, in the New Testament was through the Holy Spirit. Jesus speaks through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Holy Spirit speaks through the book of Acts. So um, Jesus said in Acts, John 16, prophesying that, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And then in the book of Acts, God the Holy Spirit talks. And 1 John 2 says, you have no need for anyone to teach you anything, but his anointing, that is the Holy Spirit, teaches you about all things. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us even today. Now, now the question is, 
how does the Holy Spirit speak to us today? Well, let me just quickly give you a few things. Number one, the Holy Spirit speaks through the Bible. The Holy Spirit inspired the writing of the Bible. So if you want to know what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you, you read the Bible. And if some even Christian bishop or some liberal professor at a seminary contradicts the Bible, then they're contradicting the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, this week, there was a young man, Christian man, I was talking with, and, and I encouraged him, please read the book of Romans. And he said, is that like 1st Romans or 2nd Romans that I should read? I said, there's only one Romans. So I, you could tell, sincere guy, but just didn't read his Bible much. The first way the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through the Bible. The second way the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through prayer. You know, I, I like to have my prayer time in the morning, and sometimes I just am quiet and I say, Lord, is there anything you want to say to me? And I'll just be quiet, and normally I don't get anything, but now and then a person's face might come to mind or, or something, and, and I'll stop and I'll pray for that person, or maybe I'll give them a call. Another way the Holy Spirit speaks is through circumstances. In Genesis 24, Abraham sends a servant to find Isaac, his son, a wife. And this poor servant doesn't know who to choose, so he says, Okay, God, how about the gal that comes out and says, I want to give you water and water for your camels. May she be the one. And that's exactly what happened, and God used circumstances to speak to him. On the other hand, again, be careful. Sometimes all the circumstances say, do this, and God says, don't. I'm thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in uh, the book of Daniel. All the circumstances said, you better bow down and worship this image. But they didn't look at the circumstances. They looked at God and kept their eyes on God, and then God changed the circumstances. So circumstances are questionable. But how does God speak in the New Testament? Through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, through the writing of Scripture by the Holy Spirit, through circumstances, uh, and through prayer, and one more. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through the church. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Brethren, earnestly desire to prophesy. One of the 18, 19 gifts of the Holy Spirit is prophecy, where the Lord will give you a word to share with the whole church or, or to share with the person. And I shared this last week. I'll share it again. Way back in 1979, I was ordained a pastor in Omaha, Nebraska. They had a worship service, and they laid their hands on me and prayed. After the service, a lady that I had never seen, didn't know who she was, handed me an envelope, and I, I, I opened up and read it, and it was a prophecy for me. You will go through the fire, but it will not burn you. And my, did that prophecy come true. <laughs> so sometimes the Lord might give you a word for someone. It's called the gift of prophecy. So in the New Testament, God speaks through Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Bible, prayer, circumstances, and through prophets. And I just want to close with this. My older sister, Ruthann, that I had the vision of in the bedroom, <laughs> when I was a little boy, I would walk into her bedroom, and Ruthann would have her white confirmation Bible on her lap. And when I turned 12, I got my confirmation Bible. I don't remember anybody telling me to read it. It's, you, know, just, you always got a Bible when you're confirmed. But because Ruthann read her Bible every night, I started reading my Bible every night. I read my Bible every day. When I can't sleep, again, I'll say it. Go to Bible.is. It's a free app 
where you just push the button and they read the Bible to you, and it's free. And I love to flood myself with Scripture because that is the main way God speaks to us. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, are there any prophets in our world today? And if you say yes, can you tell us who they are? There are prophets in the sense of people God has raised up to speak to us. Are they infallible biblical prophets like the Old Testament days? Probably not. But again, in the New Testament, the church has the gift of prophecy. And, and I believe that's valid for today. Some churches, very conservative churches, and I'm real conservative, but some hyper-conservative churches believe that all the gifts of the Spirit stopped in the first century. I don't see any verse that teaches that. So I think God does raise up people in our culture and in, in our churches to speak the Word of God. Okay. How about false prophets? Are there yes, false prophets? There are. Uh, one is called Joseph Smith, founder of Mormonism. Joseph Smith in 1820 had the angel Moroni appear to him and hand him the tablets. And Joseph Smith wrote the Book of Mormon, and then the angel took the golden tablets back into heaven. Now, how do I know Joseph Smith was a, was a false prophet? Because the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith contradict the real Bible. And how do I know that? Because our Bible says, quote from the Book of Psalms, from everlasting to everlasting, I am God. God's always been God. What does Joseph Smith teach in Mormonism? God, has, God didn't used to be God. He became God on another planet, and he got us to worship him. And Jackie, if you're a good Mormon, when you die, you can become a God and get a planet full of people to worship you. Where's that in the Bible? And my point is, you can spot a false prophet like Charles Russell of the uh, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mary Baker Eddy of Christian Science, uh, Joseph uh, Smith and these other. You can spot them. You know, they always have to add a book. So you've either, you're either adding the Watchtower magazine or you're adding a key to health and science in the scriptures from Mary Baker Eddy. We don't need to add a book. This book is all we need, and their books contradict this book. Now, you talked about this angel that... Moroni. Yeah. Um, basically, are there names for the angels? I mean, mm -hmm. other than Gabriel? No. You've got Gabriel. You've got the archangel Michael. Michael, that's Those right. are the only two names I know of. A Moroni ain't in the Bible either. Okay. Yeah, the that's angel I, isn't. Yeah. I thought so. Okay. So how can you tell a true prophet from a false prophet? Mm -hmm. Again, the, te the test is, is what they teach consistent with Scripture? Jackie, you can have, you know, the devil's sneaky. You can have someone who's a tremendous speaker I think of public television. I'm not a, I mean, I love some of their documentaries and their history stuff, but they put on people like Wayne Dyer, and they bring in all these New Age teachers. They wouldn't let somebody like me be on public television, but they'll bring in all these New Age gurus, and some of them are very smooth speakers, and they talk about God, and they'll talk about Jesus. He's a great guru, but it's not the Jesus of the New Testament. So you can spot the false prophets if you know your Bible. Okay, Pastor Brock, how can I tell if something is actually from the Holy Spirit or if it's just my inner feelings and what I want to hear? That's a good question, and I think that's a tricky, I don't know. I mean, I'll give you a story. A Baptist pastor that I had a lot of respect for told us that a little girl was dying in his church. They had a prayer meeting for her, 
And at the end of that prayer meeting, they had such a sense, God's going to do a miracle and heal this little girl. And he said the next morning, she was dead. And he said, I learned a huge lesson that night, not to confuse my strong feelings with the will of God. So Jackie, I, I, sometimes God does use our feelings, but sometimes our feelings can deceive us. Uh, it, so some of this is hard to discern. Don't you think, too, sometimes people want something so badly yes. that they actually yeah. somewhat create that Ex sense that's that they're right. getting an answer? That's right. It's hard to not want those things to come true if, they, mm -hmm. if you think they're the right thing you're mm -hmm. asking for. Some of our churches teach that the gifts of prophecy and tongues and miracles no longer exist. Mm -hmm. Is this true? Yeah, and the verse they use for that is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When the perfect comes, and they think that means the New Testament, the imperfect, these gifts, will pass away. Well, the perfect one coming is Jesus in the second coming. That's not a reference to the New Testament. So I think all the gifts of the Spirit are still on earth. I mean, the people that hold that view, they will still agree that there are certain people that have the gift of teaching and, and speaking and contributing and mercy and all that stuff. But when it comes to the supernatural gifts, more like uh, prophecy, speaking in tongues, etc., they nix those. I don't think 1 Corinthians 13 is talking about the New Testament arriving. It's talking about the arrival of Christ at the second coming. Okay. Um, I know some people like this that open their Bible and think they're going to get guidance right there mm -hmm. at some point there on that page. Yeah. What do you think of something you know, like Jackie, that? Jackie, I used to do that. God, what should, I, what should I do about this situation? You know, and, and <laughs> you just hit a blank <laughs> and well, that happened to me and I kind of quit doing that. <laughs> I used to do that and somebody said, this is when I was a younger Christian, I, somebody said, Tom, don't do that, you're tempting the Lord. I and so, and so I like stopped that. doing it and Jackie, I'm not making this up. I got an itchy Bible finger again and I did this one more time, and you know the verse I pointed to? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That put an end to that, pretty much. So I'm not saying you can never, ever do it, but I wouldn't put much stock in it at all. Yeah. Okay, Pastor Brock, if, an devil can, if the devil can appear as an angel of light, how does a person tell a true angel mm -hmm. from a demon? Yep, and this, again, we go to Galatians chapter 1, where Paul says, if an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which I preach to you, let that angel be accursed. So if the angel or the pastor or the bishop or the prophet is giving you a word that is inconsistent with the New Testament, that is not a word from God. Okay. That's why, again, I just urge all of our listeners, read your Bible every day. I have to read my Bible every day. So Pastor Brock, can you explain what is sola scriptura? Yeah, sola scriptura is Latin for the Bible alone. So that was big in, in Luther's day and the reformers that the Bible alone, not the Pope, not your circumstances, not your feelings, the Bible alone gets final say. And some Catholics criticize me, I'm a Lutheran, for believing that because the Bible isn't the only way God speaks to us. Well, I agree. Sola Scriptura does not mean that God never spoke through church history or through leaders of the church. Sola Scriptura simply means the Bible gets final say. So if you've got a doctrine in your church that contradicts scripture, the Bible gets final say. And that, Jackie, just, that just makes sense. If the New Testament is the teachings of Jesus and the apostles, don't they get bigger say than Luther or a pope? Of course they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess the final question that I have for you after this two-part series is, 
what are your suggestions of how we should read the Bible when we talk mm -hmm. about Old Testament versus mm -hmm. New Testament? Mm -hmm. Is there a certain plan of how a person should study the Bible yeah. to get the answers? Yeah. Um, if somebody has never read the Bible, I would start with Matthew and do the New Testament first, then the Old. Um, but Jackie, I read my Bible every day. I've gone through it a number of times. And right now I'm in Psalms, and I'm just going to keep plodding through till I get all the way through the book of Revelation. Then I'm going to start again, Genesis chapter 1. And I read the Bible not by myself. I, what I mean, I mean I am by myself, but I have commentaries. The ESV Study Bible, English Standard Version Study Bible, great commentary on the bottom of every page. I have other Wycliffe Bible commentary, uh, the New Bible commentary. If, if you don't have a few good Bible commentaries, go to the Christian bookstore and buy some commentaries. Because when I get stuck on what does that verse mean, I've got these scholars who really know their stuff that I can read and they can help me. And if you're like me, I just go to Pastor Brock and tell him I can't figure this ah! one out. <laughs> so, okay, there you go. No. Pastor Brock. But no, you, you make a good point. I need Christians that will help me. I, you know, we shouldn't be Christians in a closet. We need our brothers and sisters to help us understand the Bible properly. Well, and I think sometimes, too, you actually get a better understanding of the Bible when somebody says, oh, I think you're wrong. Right. I see it like this, yeah. and you talk yeah. about it, and you can really come to and, it. And that's why people that don't go to church make me nervous. We're commanded to go to church, uh, Hebrews chapter 9. And you get funny theology when people are interpreting the Bible all by themselves. You need the church. Yeah, and I think, too, when you read the newspaper today, sometimes you need to go to your Bible because you can't believe that you're reading some of the things that are there even. I know. And TV is another thing oh, like yeah. that. So, well, by the grace of God and the help of you through your prayers and your support, the pastor study has now made some big changes. We're not just local in the city of Minneapolis or around the state of Minnesota, but Pastor Brock will tell you where we are. Yeah. Well, if you, if you have a friend who doesn't get cable channel 6 in the Twin Cities, but they live in Toledo, Ohio, and they get DirecTV or Dish Network, or they learn and live in Florida, all over the country, anybody who gets Dish Network or DirecTV gets our show on what's called Christian Television Network, CTN. And so we, it's expensive, so we ask you to pray for us. I'm, I'm happily amazed we're still on the air because of how expensive this is. But would you pray about it if the Lord would, would lead you to pray for our ministry and or uh, to support us? You go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, and you can watch our TV shows for free. You can uh, help support us through that. Or just look at the address at the end of this program, and that's a way you can send for support as well. But mainly pray for us. This is, we're on a shoestring. Only God knows how long this will last, but we're, we praise him. We've been on now for, what, three, three and a half years nationally. So right. there you go. God bless until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.